welcome back to the show, A Balanced Life for You, where you design the life of your dreams. I'm your host, Rhonda Cimarelli. I'm a certified transformational coach working with mompreneurs to help them balance that juggling act, create new systems for increased time, energy, and money. Well, today on the show, I have a really special guest here with me today. Her name is Lisa Despain, and she is best known as the successful author's book coach. She's been involved in publishing since 1998 and brings experience from multiple areas of the publishing world. Lisa's overriding passion for authors to experience extravagant success in their publishing adventure. So welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We are delighted to have you. Wow, publishing 1988. You had so many wonderful things to say. I would love to uh, just quickly turn this over to you and share with the guest today who a little bit more about you and your business and what you do. Sure. Well, it's actually been since 1998. Um, had it been oh. 88, I would have been like 17. So, <laughs> so um, since 1998, which is still kind of a long time, um, it's been 18 years. And the way I get st- way I got started was kind of by accident. I kind of fell into it. Um, I've always been a book lover. I worked in a public library when I was in high school. And then when it was time for me to get into the workforce, I worked for a temp agency at first, and they sent me to a Christian publishing company. And so from the minute I walked in there, I loved the atmosphere, I loved the people, and I wanted to stay. So over the course of a couple of months, they decided that it was okay for me to stick around, and I stayed there for uh, 15 years, 14 years, and through that, the course of that, I learned so much about publishing. The company started at 300 people, and over the course of time, it shrank to barely 30 people, and then it shrank to seven people, and I was one of those seven who got to stick around. Um, the thing that probably made the most difference for me was just being willing to learn new things. So if somebody would leave, I would pick up some of their responsibilities. And so before long, I was doing distribution and then a website, and uh, I was the CIO. I was the database administrator, and then I went into design work and ebook conversion. So it was just kind of like picking up things as I went along. And then by the time I was done with corporate, I decided I really wanted to start my own business, and I had all those skills that I had developed throughout the years that I could offer to authors on a one-on-one basis. So that's what I did next. Wow, fantastic. So what is it that you do right now? Can you tell um, my listeners a little bit about what you do right now? Yes. Uh, So the thing that I'm the most excited about right this minute is I will be helping authors become bestsellers in their categories. So the thing about publishing, and especially working with self-published authors, is they don't have a platform already. They don't have a list of people that they can send their offers to. So they don't experience the kind of success that that they really should and that they deserve. So the thing that they're missing out on is the list, the platform, the built-in audience that they need. So I will be releasing a program in June, like end of May, June, that helps authors with that. And what we're going to do is take targeted specific action to build a list quickly. Um, And then once you build the list, basically everything else 
falls into place. So that is step number one for them. So I'm super excited about that. I've been putting um, a summit together, an online pu publishing summit, where I get to talk to industry experts and ask them all the burning questions I've always wanted to know. <laughs> so it's been a real joy to get to meet all of these people and then offer the amazing value that, that, that they have to my um, new target audience. So that's been a lot of fun. Oh, that sounds really exciting. I bet you the um, self-published authors could really, really appreciate your help. Um, now, I have a couple questions in regards to that. When I hear the term best-selling author, tell me how that term is defined and what, um, what the guidelines are for that. Sure. Well, it's become a bit of a hack, actually. Um, getting to bestseller status on Amazon is a matter of intention and timing. You can become a bestseller on Amazon if you handle all the details correctly. It takes a lot of targeted action, a lot of downloads on in a specific time frame, whether that's a day or over the course of mm. a couple of days. And so what authors can do is kind of leverage their existing contacts and maybe reach out even to some industry besties or some people who have your target audience already and mm -hmm. leverage their audiences so that when it's time to release your book and do it big, you've got this huge groundswell of targeted leads going to that Amazon page to purchase the book. So that's kind of a hack. I mean, there's a lot of ways to turn that into real business, you know, real business mm -hmm. beyond just getting the ranking. Um, getting the ranking is nice, but what are you going to do with it next? And really that next uh -huh. step is the most important thing. Fantastic. So are you able to share with us what one more step would be? Sure. So there is a, there's a plan out there that takes the Amazon bestseller program, if you will, takes the hack and turns it into a list build. In this case, you would gather all of your influencers and gather anybody who might help you promote your book. You put that book on um, as free. It's a free download for one day, let's say. Then you would drive every little bit of traffic through email lists of friends and whomever to a landing page on your website where they can download a book for free. So you guys have seen this. I know everybody probably in your audience has seen this where you go to a landing page, you enter your email address, you click the link, and then you get a, pre a PDF download. In this case, it's a little bit different. What we're going to do is we're going to send the targeted traffic to your page. They enter their email address, click the link, and then it goes to Amazon for the download. So what you've done there is you've killed two birds with one stone. You've not only gathered the email address, but now you've boosted your Amazon ranking, which is huge. Mm, I love it. Little hacks. You're, yes. so, you're so talented. Listen to you. So yeah, yeah, so we talked about the next step, and really that next step is having that lead, having that person on your email list so that now you can target, you can send a targeted email campaign to your list so that you're not only selling books, but potentially you're selling something much bigger than that. Mm-hmm. How exciting. Wow. So I can hear what I'm noticing is I hear a lot of energy in your voice as you're sharing this information. So I can tell that this really excites you. Um, 
what, let me ask you this, and you might have answered it, so forgive me. Is there something really specific that you enjoy the most about what you do? Probably talking with authors face-to-face or via Skype or on the phone or whatever, and really kind of helping them to see something bigger and better for their publishing journey, their, their author business. I talked with somebody just today, and I asked her, um, you know, what, what is it? What would be the best case, the most wonderful thing that you can see happening with the material that you have produced? And she and I landed on the idea of doing an intensive in some exotic locale where she teaches people one-on-one the French language. And so then you can bring in history and food and the people and the culture. And all of this can be happening in some wonderful place where they're having an immersive French-speaking experience, but also learning all of this. And she gets to interact with them directly in person. And so it was so much fun to see her face light up and think bigger about the content that she already has that she can change and repurpose into something that she's happy about and her people are happy about. And that was just a real joy. Oh, I can imagine. To be able to paint the picture for somebody and allow them to step into their own dream, really. Yeah. That's exciting. I'd love to do that, too. Well, Lisa, let me ask you this. Um, Because as you know on the show, we do talk about um, your business and what you do. We also like to shift a little bit about being a mom and working a business from home. So for my audience, are you you also a mother? I am. I have two children, and they are in later stages of life. My daughter is 23, and she lives in Portland, um, Oregon. And my son is 20, and he is going to college and still living at home. So we have a slightly older group than a lot of other moms, but um, they are kind of doing their own thing, kind of still attached um, too. <laughs> well, they're always attached to some degree. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and thank goodness for that, right? <laughs> that, I think so, you know, especially with um, you know, the Mother's Day thing coming up. I always say that's one of the greatest gifts. Just come around and hang out with me and talk to me, and that's the nicest gift that you could give me. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's that's a little bit of Mother's Day, but I want to kind of go over to, back over to having the kids now. How long you've had your business since 1998, or you've been in the industry since 1998? Right, in the industry since 1998. The interesting thing about being in the business I was in is that they were actually pretty okay with me working from home. They didn't start out that way. Um, you know, my babies were little, and I was doing the daycare thing where I'd drop them off and would cry just about every day because they'd stand at the windows and sob as I was leaving. So, you know, ripped my heart out every day. Um, mm-hmm. And then there came a time when the company understood how I worked and understood that I was capable of working from home and being actually more productive at home than I was in the office. There's just hmm. a, there are a lot of distractions in the office. You know, you got all the office politics, which I can't stand. Um, our our company was a group of extroverted pranksters, and they would they would do pranks on each other all the time. And you know, I said I told my boss at one point, you know, if you want me to be productive, don't play pranks on me. You're just going to get in my way. And so he he respected that. Um, but you know, in the meantime. <laughs> There's all sorts of crazy, wild stuff going on. So 
they were they were okay with me working from home, and I was very dedicated to getting my work done, and then being there for when it was time to pick up the kids at school, and you know just kind of staying plugged into the entire company situation. And then I would go in once a week and kind of get new marching orders and all of that. So that worked out extremely well for me until the company was sold. And then it was sold to um, a man who was younger but more old school as far as meeting people in the office all the time. So it was a real change for me, a real shift. I lasted for about two years in that situation, and then um, then I, I left and started my own company. So it was always something that I was able to do with, you know, with being a mom and the, the balance of all of that was, was really interesting at times, but thankfully I was with a company that respected my need for alone time as an introvert mm-hmm. <laughs> and not being around the extroverts all the time because they take, take a lot of energy sometimes. So you know, just yes. being able to work from home was, was a huge benefit to me personally and the family. Well, I think my listeners can um, really identify for those who have to drop the kids off at the daycare, um, you know, the the mommy crying on the way back, going, oh, my gosh, I've left my children. What am I going to do? And that in itself is a huge distraction, or at least, you know, what what I gather from talking to moms who have to do that. And I like what you said, that you and your boss realize that you're actually more productive working from home. Um, I think that's key, and I do hope that somebody can resonate with that and Maybe they'll be able to have a chit-chat with their boss and have the same kind of conversation. How yeah. wonderful. And, yeah. No, I don't remember with mine if, if we went straight to four days at home and one day at work. I don't think so because a lot of employers, they need a buffer. Like, okay, we'll let you work from home on Fridays. We'll see how that goes. And then mm-hmm. you can kind of you know, negotiate. If that is going well, then negotiate for another day working from home. And just, you know, maintain your current level of productivity or even higher if you can. Um, and, and I found that I was able to be more productive from home. So it was just a win-win for both me and the company. Oh, that sounds really great. Um, one of the things I do like to ask moms um, periodically is, because you've had a little bit of both worlds, I'm going to ask you this. Working from home with the children um, different, during different age spans, would you say that there was anything, now that they're older, you can probably appreciate this. Have you noticed that they picked up any um, habits or any great things that they might have learned from watching you work from home? Yeah, great question. Okay, so my daughter is a lot like me. She's driven type A, wants to run her own show, and she is a business owner herself. She's mm. um, 23, like I said, and so she's always kind of had that mentality and that bent to her. My son is a lot more easygoing. He is the person I would want to be stranded with on a desert island because we would both have a great time and just kind of, you know, just enjoy ourselves and not stress out about anything. But he he looked at my business and saw the kind of work I was doing and how I was stressed. This is this is before the current situation I'm in now, which I'm loving. Um, but mm-hmm. he grew up seeing mom come home from work, work her side gig um, on her off hours, and then, you know, as soon as I went full-time from home, he saw me working really, really hard and the stress that I would kind of place on some of the situations I had. 
and he would much rather be an employee, and he's happy with mm. that life choice. So it's it's worked for me and against me as far as the kids. Mm. Um, I think both of them are probably more disciplined because of the hard work they saw me do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think both of them probably express that in different ways, but um, both of them, when they're at work, they're working and working hard. And then when they're not at work, they typically are enjoying themselves. So kudos to them for having mm-hmm. some sort of balance that um, I think their generation is understanding that they need, whereas my generation maybe didn't understand that quite as well. Uh, good point. Good point. I, I do believe that moms working from home um, present that image, if you will, of what it's like to you know focus and work hard and be proud of your work and the discipline. Um, I think, and how our children interpret that is certainly up to each individual. And that's very interesting that you shared that with us. One has their own business. One is an employee. But it sounds like they work hard. They play hard. So good for them. Well, speaking of play hard, as a mom, you know, you own your business, you've been raising your children. Um, what do you do when you are time off, that downtime for you to play hard? Right. Um, so play, I would put in air quotes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How do you relax? Maybe play, the, yeah, the entire play hard concept of maybe in air quotes. Um, okay, so since just uh, recently, I, I'm getting a little bit better about taking time for myself as I'm creating time for myself with, with my new business. Um, when I was doing done-for-you services, there really was not a whole lot of time for me, and um, it, was, it was always a challenge to set aside the pressing deadlines and um, the client work that I needed to set aside to really enjoy myself. So I am learning and I'm growing in this area, but typically if I, am, if I have time for me, I'm going to be quilting, which is a huge huge joy um, just having that creative outlet. Um, I might be knitting, reading books, bubble baths, um, getting massages. That's a fantastic reward system for me is getting a massage after something difficult. Um, one of my favorite times in the morning is just having a couple of cups of coffee, sitting quietly by myself and listening to podcasts. That has become one of my favorite times of the day because it just kind of gets the brain going and you know, just give me some me time before it's time to just jump into everything else. So those are those are my go-to ways of of just setting aside that time that I need to recharge. Fantastic. I like how you're very open and honest about that, that it's something that you're learning how to do because um, I think there's a lot of women out there who can relate. They haven't always um, understood the value of it or figured out how to make it happen. I know I had a question the other day is, um, it had something to do with self-care or balance or something like that. And, like, you don't find balance, you make it. <laughs> you don't find happiness, you create it. So um, kudos to you for um, learning and working on that creative mind that you obviously have. Um, so, Lisa, I want to kind of shift a little bit more and still focusing on the mom working from home around the kids. What kind of, um, have you ever experienced any uh, difficulties or challenges during the last, uh, well, what, 20 years that um, perhaps may have almost put your business under? Um, hmm. As far as 
putting my business under? Um, yeah, so the deal with publishing is it is a very deadline-driven line of work, and it is so easy to get wrapped up in a client's drama, a client's emergency mode. Mm. Um, so one of the things, um, I'm going to talk about my husband for a second. He's a first assistant, and he works in surgery. Every decision that he makes could be a life and death situation. And in my business, every decision I make is not a life and death situation. So that's allowed me to kind of step back from the client drama and just put everything in perspective. At the same time, with him being in the medical field, there were times when it was just me being a mom and being the sole parent of the children. So I would have to drop everything and take somebody to practice or pick them up from school or, you know, name the situation. It was me. Um, and I had, a, I had a motto at that time that I don't know if it served me well, but it was every time I need you, you're not here. And that, it's hard, right? So it's hard to think, okay, it's really about me and how I'm managing my time because I cannot count on my partner to be able to drop everything and go. Um, I did have my mother-in-law who was willing to drop everything and go, um, especially when the babies were little. She would, she would be my backup, and I am eternally grateful for that. Um, but it did feel really, really lonely for a long time there. So I'm hearing that one of the biggest challenges that you have experienced is that um, that sense of not having a backup partner, if you will, somebody to parent with, somebody to help you out with the the kids, with the going and the doing and the activities. Is that yeah. is that right? Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's... And he would he would always he would say, well, I can't come now. And I I know you know. He, some, sometimes he would be on call and we would never, we'd never have a concept of whether he was actually going to go in or not. And I'd ask silly questions like, so are you going to work today? And he'd go, I'm on call. You know, like, hello, I don't know. <laughs> but that makes planning things really, really hard. And so then he would try to sub his mom in and it was never quite the same. You know, it was just like, I really mm-hmm. want you there. I really want you to see right. the kids play or the the Christmas play, you know, whatever it was. I really want you to be there, but he couldn't. And I know that that's one of his biggest regrets is that he couldn't be there when he wanted to be there for the, for the guys, especially when they were little, because it was really hard back then. But, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're willing to be married to somebody who has a schedule like that, you kind of have to be willing to pick up the pieces when you have to. Um, it's just kind of part of it. Hmm. Well, that kind of leads me to the other question. And so were there any lessons that you've learned from this or really how did you learn to get through it? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I learned to get through it or if I just got through it. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, it's, it's an incredible blessing to be past all of that and past his schedule. Um, and, mm-hmm. and then being okay with having help. Um, mm. and support, whether it was coming from him or from my mother-in-law. He was always there for emotional support, but not always physically there to help. But, I, you know, we did get through it. And, um, you know, it's not useful to blame your spouse when they actually can't do something. You know, he mm-hmm. cannot physically be here. 
it's not his fault. It's the job. Um, you know, since over time things have definitely improved, like with his schedule, he's no longer working seven days a week plus weekends. He was working, oh, like, that's not now. No, he was working five days a week plus weekends. So I'd never have him on the weekends. And so we'd make our own plans. You know, we'd do our own mm-hmm. thing. We'd, we'd have fun on our own um, because it was just us, you know, me and the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah it's, sounds- it's been hard. It's been, you know, but things do change over time. You can't, you can't stay in a place of what I would call imbalance indefinitely. At some point, things have to change. Absolutely, absolutely. I love, um, I love what you said. You know, sometimes maybe you didn't learn, you just did it. And this part right here, just to be okay with having help and support. It really doesn't matter mm-hmm. where it comes from. And a lot of women I know struggle with that, um, asking or allowing that outside support system. They think they have to be superwoman and do it all by themselves. Yeah, yeah. So I've definitely fallen tip. into that. Yeah, and it's super easy to fall into that trap because, you know, maybe you've not planned well enough to ask for help ahead of time, so all of a sudden it's the last minute you're doing it anyway. Um, you know, I've I've done... I've probably made all the mistakes in that area, but, um, you know, looking back, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for my mother-in-law for stepping in when he couldn't. Um, it's just been, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't expect that from somebody, but she's been wonderful. Fantastic. Well, it really is all about the journey, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. It really yeah. is. So, Lisa, do you have any tips for the mompreneurs on the show about, um, you know, how to balance the business, the children, and the self-time? Right. So I did kind of allude to the fact that balance, you have to, you can't stay in, out of balance for an indefinite length of time. Um, there are times in your life when you will definitely feel out of balance. I mean, having a newborn, oh my gosh, that is probably mm. the most imbalanced you'll ever be. But it's for a short period of time. And if you can remember that as you're going through it, this too shall pass. It helps a lot. It's the same with starting a brand new business. It's a huge project, and you will be out of balance briefly. Um, one thing that can be helpful as you're doing this with a family is to communicate with them the timeline that you're looking at, the things that you're going to be doing, and let them know if some things are going to slip. Like, for instance, I'm running the summit, and my house is a wreck. It is an absolute disaster area, but I can't focus on that because I'm doing something bigger. So. As long as your family knows that stuff is going to be a little bit off for a short period of time and then things will be back to normal and things will probably be better, they can probably weather the storm with you. I love that. So um, to know that it's only going to be for a little while, just a brief period of time, and to communicate with family about the intentions and expectations, um, I think that's beautifully put. Thank you. Well, as we wrap up our time, we're going to give you a chance in just a moment because I definitely want anybody who's listening who's ever thought about being a self-published author, they really need to get in touch with you with your programs and what you're doing. Um, But looking ahead in the future, I always believe that we are all a work in progress. We are always trying to be the best possible self, the best mom, the best wife, the best businesswoman. And in doing so, there's always things that we need to learn or change or improve. So for you, what would that be for you if you would like to change or improve one skill for your life? Yes, I would say probably my ability to coach authors. And 
it's it's definitely a work in progress. I you know I kind of put coach. It's it's kind of a nebulous term, um, but mm-hmm. to me, coaching for an author would be just like that question I asked my author today. You know, what is the best possible outcome that you can envision for you and your books, you and your project, and then let's work towards that together. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, like all of those steps, all of the in-between steps between here and there, um, I want to be the person who knows every single step. And I know bits and pieces, and I, you know, like I know kind of a big picture overview. The specifics, I'm working on mm-hmm. myself personally. So everything I learn, I'm going to be transferring over to helping authors do the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, thank you for being open and transparent about that because we all – we all have something that we want to change or improve or grow with. Um, my last question is, and some people have them and some people don't, it's okay, but do you have any um, favorite quotes or little nuggets that uh, you feel are really important to end with today? Yes. My most favorite one at the moment is a um, throw, I think. <laughs> I know the words, but I can't remember the person. Um, the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. So the question for me is, well, what about us women? You know, I mean, do we spend time thinking about what we want versus what our families need from us? It is so easy to get wrapped up in all of our roles and all of our responsibilities. But there has to come a point in your life where you say, okay, why am I here? You know, what is my specific purpose? Is it to be a mom or is it to be something else and be totally okay with that because it's so easy to just get lost with who you are mm-hmm. in the midst of everything that you do. Mm-hmm. Oh, beautiful. And that's, it's so um, ironic that you're saying this way because that's really some of the things that I've been talking about on my uh, podcast the last few weeks, um, mm-hmm. learning to identify who you are and what you're meant to do. And as you said, be okay with it. Well, Lisa, I want to thank you so much for taking your time today and being a part of the show. And I'm sure my listeners are going to want to know a little bit more about how to find you because it will be posted with your episode. But if you'd like to um, tell us how to reach you or if you have anything special that you'd like to tell the guests, I'd love for you to go ahead and do that. Yes, that would be great. So my website is book2bestseller.com, and that is the number two in there, so book2bestseller. And I'm going to be doing um, interviews with authors um, just to help them develop their interviewing skills, plus also, of course, the exposure. Um, So it's always so much fun to get an author's story, why they wrote the book, um, all the things that they're excited about and where they're going to take it next. So I would invite your listeners to just jump on there and kind of get an idea of what publishing is all about. It's, It's definitely doable in today's market. The gatekeepers are not gatekeeping anymore, not as, not as well as they did before. So it's kind of open to everybody, and you can do it really, really well, or you can do it not as well. And my goal, of course, would be for you to do it really, really well and build your authority and build your business at the same time. Wow, fantastic. All right, everybody, so that's going to be on the website uh, with Lisa's episode. 
So again, Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today. And everybody, thank you for joining. If you loved this interview, please share it with your friend or two or three. Don't forget to rate it a five-star because it really does matter. And we will see you next week. 